Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Man, every now and again, I find myself just repeating that to myself at home or in the car, because those words are impactful, called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And here at FCBC, here's how we say it. What family? We live, we love, we serve. That's right. We live, we love, we serve. Listen, I want you to stand with me this morning, and uh, I'll try and to, to move through this quickly. Sometimes there's some words that you get from God that kind of preach themselves. And, and I just want to share a few thoughts that came to me this morning when reflecting on this particular passage. And it's rather lengthy. I normally ask you to sit down, but some of us need to stretch this morning a little bit. So Second Chronicles 5, uh, 20, Second Chronicles 20, um, verses 5 through 17. You know, technology is so good. You know, we all have these apps and whatnot, and you can get right to where you want to go. It, it spares you the shame of not knowing the Bible. You know, but <laughs> you, you ever play that game? I'm, I'm dating because a lot of people need to know about Sunday school. We had Sunday school, like who could find that scripture first, right? Remember that? You know, they the, the Sunday school teacher throw out a scripture. Whoever get it first, you get like a little prize. Man, I never got a prize. Never. I could never get there first. And and so I just was like, I gave up. I'm like, I ain't going to get no little star on my forehead today. Second Chronicles 20, 5 through 17. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version of Scripture. Powerful scene. Here's how it reads. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our ancestors, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? In your hand are power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you. Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? They have lived in it and in it have built you a sanctuary for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry to you in our distress, and you will hear and save. See now the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt and whom they avoided and did not destroy, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession that you have given us to inherit. O our God, 
Will you not execute judgment upon them? For we are powerless against this great multitude that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the middle of the assembly. He said, listen, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley before the wilderness of Jeriel. This battle is not for you to fight. Take your position, stand still, and see the victory of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Amen. Come on, let's, let's pray. God, thank you for not leaving us alone. Not only, oh God, do we not stand isolated because you don't leave us alone, but God, you don't leave us alone. You keep on chasing us with goodness and mercy, reminding us that we belong to you. Thank you, God, for not leaving us alone. We stand in awe of your care and your love. We stand in awe of your grace and your mercy. God, thank you for never leaving us alone. You've kept us. Oh, and you held us oh god sometimes oh god you had to pull us in pull us out keep us safe thank you for never leaving us alone now oh god for the next few moments you've given us let your word do its own work and we'll be sure to honor you for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever and ever God and ever we say amen amen remain standing let me read just a portion of that from verse 15 he said listen all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will come up by the ascent of seas. You will find them at the end of the valley before the wilderness of Jeriel. The battle is not for you to fight. Take your position, stand still, and see the victory of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, 
and the Lord will be with you. Amen. Come on, do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor this morning and simply tell him, neighbor, get in position. Come on, talk to the other neighbor. Tell him, neighbor, get in position. Amen. Now, come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap. Get in position. Here's, here's a hard truth for some, especially those who like to number themselves among the rank of the prepared. There are just some things you will never be prepared for. I remember being a young boy and a Boy Scout, and the model of the Boy Scouts was be prepared. And that was our model. That's what we moved by, those of you who are Scouts, be prepared. But then you get older and you realize that there are some realities of life, some situations, those challenges that you can't always prepare for. In fact, I've learned in, in my life that it's the things you least expect that have a tendency to hit you the hardest. The things you don't see coming, the things you get blindsided by, that have a way of disorienting you and discombobulating you and throwing you off. If you were prepared, you probably could handle it. But again, so many of the moments that sometimes make us feel as though we are being beaten by life are often those moments we did not see coming, that we were not prepared for. Have you ever been in that space, in that situation where you were overwhelmed by a moment, a thing, a, 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 a time in your life where you did not see it coming and it held you captive to that thing. I know what that feels like because oftentimes when you find yourself blindsided by pain and blindsided by grief and blindsided by misery, those are moments that we have a tendency to fade away. I wish it wasn't so, but we fade away at times from our faith. Those at times are the moments where we end up feeding our fear and starving our faith. And those are the moments where we forget how we've been shaped, how we've been made. Why? Because you didn't see it coming and you could not prepare for it. And when you find yourself in those spaces, in those places, in those moments where you've been blindsided by grief, those are the moments that seek to wreak havoc on your soul, on your spirit, on your very countenance. And you find yourself constantly thinking through the thing that is holding your spirit captive, the thing that upended your reality, the thing that disoriented your disposition, the thing that caught you so off guard that you collapsed into a space of heaviness. And it seemed like you could not come out. Have you ever been there? Because if you've been there, I'm talking to you this morning. I'm talking to those of us in here who have been walking in sometimes unrelenting pain because of the things that came your way you did not see coming, were not prepared for, and they have now the center and the circumference of your life, and you cannot see anything else. You ever been so broken that your soul refuses to come near to you? You ever been so wounded that your spirit has collapsed and almost forsaken you? Because you didn't see it 
coming. And, and isn't it amazing? I've said this so many different ways, but isn't it amazing that those moments show up when you thought you had gotten past the things that were holding you captive before and you got to a point where you felt like there was some level of equilibrium in your life you now had balance you felt things were in order you were moving in a way that reaffirmed your connection to God your spirit felt different. Your house felt different. Your relationships felt different. Everything felt like it was moving according to plans orchestrating the mind of God in times that you did not even know. And all of a sudden in that moment, a crash comes. And you were so enjoying those blissful moments of divine presence and the manifestation of God's plans that you didn't see it coming. And it capsized you. And you was now sitting and feeling as though you didn't know what to do. My God, have you felt that before? This is where Jehoshaphat was. He had been bringing Judah and God's people back into alignment with God. There had been distance and disconnection because of disobedience of even Jehoshaphat and prior leaders of God's people. But Jehoshaphat had resolved in his spirit that it was better to please God than to live in the exaltation of people who he prays upon you because of your position. And instead of getting lost in the, in the fantasies of fleeting people, Jehoshaphat decided to bring the people back to God. And it was in that season of alignment, restoration, reconciliation that attack came his way. An attack like no other. It wasn't just one army or two armies or three armies. It was a multitude of armies coming against Jehoshaphat all at the same time. All sorts of people. Well, let's translate it. All kinds of issues hitting you at one time. If it was just one thing, you could handle it. But when those blindsiding moments come, it comes like an avalanche of situations and, and moments. It wasn't just one thing. Thing that you are wrestling with but two things and three things and then all of them had the same trajectory designed to break you it seemed like what do you do when you are in a position when all you can do is see your inadequacy what do you do when you find yourself in a position where the situation you're in makes you confront the parts of you that you wish you never had what do you do when you have to face yourself in the midst of that misery and then realize that the misery that's come your way is not something you designed, but something now you got to deal with. What do you do? Again, some of us feed our fear and starve our faith. Because that's the easiest thing to do because when depression sets in and sadness sets in and sorrow sets in, it becomes so sweet and inviting that you don't even realize you've lost yourself for months. 
Don't even realize that you've lost yourself in your pain. You start simply daily rehearsing the negative narratives in your mind or the situation or the space or the people. You can't stop thinking, rehearsing about it. You keep a time track of your life by the misery of your moments. You, you, you measure your days by the amount of tears you cry. You, 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 you determine how you face the day by the level of suffering you will accept. What do you do? Again, some feed fear, star faith. But others decide they're going to flip it. I'm going to feed faith and starve my fears. Oh, can I tell you and be honest? You don't flip it from the beginning. I wish it was that easy. I don't care how prayed up you are, how saved you feel you are, how, how many songs you know, how many scriptures you quote. If I had some real honest folk in here today, they would say they don't always flip it from the beginning. I, I wish, I wish I could always say that when I'm in that place of calamity, that I feed my faith and starve my fear. But I got to keep it 100 this morning. Now, there are moments when I find myself feeding my fear and starving my faith because feeding my fear and starving my faith seems inviting because doing that helps me feel at ease in my misery and I'd rather sit there and wallow in my pain than actually try to jump out of it and remember who I am. I wish it was easy but it ain't easy. It takes a minute to get there. It can take weeks and months and sometimes years to get to the point where you wake up and recognize that your responsibility is to feed your faith and starve your fear. I want my fear to be malnourished. I, I, I want my fear to be hungry and my faith to be full. I, you know, I want to get there. We don't start there, but you get to the point where you walk around heavy because your faith is full. Oh, my God. What do you do then to be full of faith? Ah, look at what the King Jehoshaphat does. He... He measures his inadequacy to face the crisis, but then pivots and remembers. He prays. I, I, I know that for some, you know, when you're going through and things are rough and somebody tell you to pray, you know, it, it, you know, it's like it's the last thing you want to hear. You, you, you ever had somebody who just pray? You want to be like, I am praying, but, but I'm sorry, the pain ain't disappeared yet. And 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 because then they act like you ain't been praying. Yeah, I've been praying, I, but it's still here. The cloud ain't moved yet. The sun has not shined again yet. But maybe it's not, did you pray? It's, did you pray? Prayer is not pleading to get God's attention. <laughs> you, you, you didn't get there. 
Some of us pray in these moments thinking we have to alert God to the situation. Lord, let me tell you what's going on in my life. But can I offer this? Maybe prayer is not about getting God's attention, but it's about focusing your attention on God. <clears throat> I, I hope you're getting this. You're praying not to alert God, but to remind yourself. Can, can I help you? Prayer is at its best when prayer is reflection. Oh, I, I hope you can get that. It ain't about this conversation where you need to help God understand what you're going through, but it's about this conversation with self where you begin to talk yourself from the place of inadequacy and remember the presence of God in your life. It is a shifting of your attention from the crisis to God's glory that has been moving in your life. And you may figure in your life, well, well I don't have that glory. I don't know what that glory is. Yes, you do. You've experienced God's glory. In fact, you experience God's glory every single day of your life. God's glory is the thing that lets you wake up in the morning and realize that you got a new day and a new opportunity. God's glory is the thing that reminds you how powerful you are. Oh, I love what Jehoshaphat does. He prays, but the prayer is not a communication to God about what God ought to do. It's a, it's a, uh, 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 it's a statement of declaration before the people of what God has said and what God has done. You heard that? What God has said? What has God spoken into your life about your very existence that's connected to your divine destiny? And what has God done in your life to remind you that God has not left? you alone. I know I got somebody in here today who can testify about what God has done in your life. That's what prayer is. Prayer is a time of quiet reflection on the multiple times God has stepped in and made a way in your life. Prayer is about that quiet reflection about the times God delivered you, sustained you, kept you, restored you, reconciled you to yourself, made peace in your home, ended chaos, restored a broken relationship. Prayer is about that moment where you shift your attention from your pain to your power. Oh, I wish some folk in here could understand that when you pray, Prayer ought to be the thing that gives you strength. Prayer ought to be the thing that restores your joy. Prayer ought to be the thing that restores your hope. Why? It's real simple. If I was present the last time God brought me out, guess what? I will be present right now in this season that God is working it out in my life. God, you say, I love this. That when our enemies rise against us, you said. That when things get tough and times get hard, you said. That in those moments, remember what you already did and trust that you will show up again. Sometimes the only way you make it from losing your mind is when you say, God, you said it. You said you keep me, and you said you protect me, and you said you love on me, and you said you wouldn't forsake me. That's the only way you keep your mind, God. You said it. And because you said it, God, I'm going to believe it. I'm not going to doubt it. So in their time of focusing on God, they get a word from God. Oh, 
pause. Leave your spirit open to unlikely messengers who end your misery. Oh, I hope you get that today. Leave your spirit open to unlikely messengers who can end your misery. I'm going to say it again. Leave your spirit open to unlikely messengers who can end your misery. Because oftentimes in these seasons of being blindsided into grief, messengers of deliverance come from the most unlikely of spaces and people. I know you've been praying. While you were praying, Jehaziel said, God was talking to me. And here's the word I got. Listen, don't fear. Don't be dismayed. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to God. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to God. This is not your fight to fight, but it don't mean you do nothing. Oh, God. Hold on. You mean, you mean that, you, you mean that in this season, it just could be that, uh, that um that what is happening in my life is bigger than me it is deeper than me that what is happening in this moment is not my fight to fight that i experience all the misery that may come in the moment but the deliverance has already been activated so because the deliverance has already been activated this ain't my season to fight oh you gotta hear this it doesn't mean i do nothing it means that i don't need to waste my energy fighting things that are already dead you missed that 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 Oftentimes, some of the greatest energy we expend is on situations that's already been worked out. You see, if you trust God to work out the situation, why sit there and try to give God the assist and fight against the thing that has already been? Oh, hold on, you can't catch that. You mean that sometimes we waste time fighting enemies that have already been defeated? And when you fight an enemy that has already been defeated, you actually empower your enemy at that moment. No, I will help my enemies know. The reason why you will not bait me back into that argument, the reason you will not bait me back into that season, the reason why you won't bait me back into that attitude is because I know the victory is already mine. And I will not sit here and let you strain me of my joy in this moment. Why? I woke up this morning winning, in case you didn't know. I, I got up winning this morning. And, and when you get up winning, then you understand you ought to walk like a winner, talk like a winner, act like a winner. When you know you've been a winner, when you got up. I love it. He said, no, nah, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. And then I'm done and we're going to move on here. He said, this fight ain't yours to fight. Here's this. Watch this. It's right there. In verse 17, take your position. Oh, gosh. Huh? Oh, so, so there it is. God has already given me the victory. My responsibility is to get in position. Hold on. Can I add this? That maybe some of the discomfort you feel, 
you confused it with the pain that you were blindsided by. Maybe some of the discomfort is actually the repositioning of your life. Wait, 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 wait. You see, here it is. Sometimes the enemy attacks you. I told you when you least expect it and you find yourself blindsided. Well, sometimes God just simply shifts your position so that the enemy, watch this, here's what I learned in my personal life, that when God shifts your position, the enemy is so fixated on the damage that the enemy think they did that they linger in the place of your old position. You missed that. And so when God shifts your position, it often confuses your enemy. You haven't really moved. You just shift so that the way they came to you before cannot have any power in this new shifting season now. And so you don't get it. Here it is. Here it is. The enemy has me in a frontal attack target and is swinging and slinging the arrows this way. God said, don't run. Just shift your position because the enemy is going to keep on going there. But now here it is. God says, I'll give you a chance to see the weapons as they pass you by because they will not have the capacity to hit the mark anymore. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm getting in position. Yeah, I'm getting in position. God is shifting me in this season because God is getting ready to do. I, I'm talking to somebody here today. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God is shifting me. I, it's a little uncomfortable because I like where I was, but here it is. Where I am is better than where I was and it's getting me ready for this moment. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, neighbor, get in position. Here it is. You may be asking, for what? I'm glad you asked. And then we out of here today. Listen, get in position. I love it. If the battle ain't yours and the battle is the Lord's, and God is shifting your position. God is changing my seat to get a better view of the celebration. <laughs> it simply ain't hard this morning. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Because, because it's in the text. When, when, when Judah got this word, it said that they went to the place that God had told them to go. And they got in position not to fight. You know the story. Jehoshaphat shifted the procession. The, 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 the warriors were not leading the way. No, he got rid of the warriors because only warriors show up for the fight. Praisers show up for the victory. It's subtle. It's right there in the text. He let the choir lead the procession. Y'all didn't catch that. What do you mean? Judah was under attack, but Judah just had to simply remember who they were. Judah means praise. You didn't catch that. So maybe God is getting you in position to remember who you are. Well, hold on, hold on. Who you are, yes. Who you were before the tainting started. Who you were before the enemy tried to confuse you. Who you were before things started collapsing. You were powerful, unshakable, and adaptable. And you will never forget who God called you to be. And when you remember who God made you to be, that's the moment you begin to give God praise. Oh, my God. 
This is the moment where you say, hold on, God, you mean that this discomfort is a shifting of my position so that the enemies will no longer have a target to aim at? Yes, it's also a shifting of your disposition so that you no longer wallow in your misery. You simply stand in the beauty and splendor of who you are and begin to honor and praise God for who you are and begin to honor and praise God for where you are and begin to honor and praise God for what you've come through. Because in this moment right now, if nothing else is clear, this is clear that the things you have gone through have not destroyed you. The things you are going through cannot kill you. The things you are going through will not have the last word. And so your role is to simply give God the praise. I know it sounds real simple, but you have no idea. Sometimes in those moments when the tears are flowing to no end, the only way you can fight your way out is to begin to celebrate in the midst of your agony and give God glory anyhow. I didn't understand that until I went through that blindsiding moment and I realized, wait a minute, this is one moment, but there have been several moments that God has delivered me. There have been several moments when God has rescued me. And when I think about those moments, that's the inspiration, the motivation, and the instigation of my personal praise party. Is there anybody here this morning who can testify that your praise at times has been the thing that has helped you come out of the calamitous moment, that your ability to celebrate God in the midst of your misery was the thing that stopped you from losing your mind? I wish you would get in position right now and get ready to give God the praise for all the things that God has done in your life. You've been positioned to give God praise. You've been positioned to reflect on the presence of God. This is a season of repositioning. And I'm getting in position. Enemy will not find me where they left me. I'm getting in position to celebrate the victory that God has wrought on my behalf. You may be saying to yourself right now, no, I don't see the victory. Oh, that ain't the point. Because I don't have to see it to know it. If you woke up winning, that means you woke up victorious. And so get yourself in position to celebrate right now. Before you know it, the tide will turn. The pain will shift into your season of power. The issue is, are you in position? Don't remain an easy target for the enemy. Shift your position. Stand still in your new position and see the salvation of the Lord. God has given you a new perspective, a new angle on life, a new way to see things. See it. See the salvation. See the victory. See the breakthrough. It's for you. It's yours. This season of shifting 
is for you. You will no longer be who people thought you were. Especially when the person they know is connected to your agony. Those days are dead and dying. This is a new season in your life. And you ought to know that and believe that in your heart. You don't know the time, you don't know the date, but I do know the victory. And because I know that I will act accordingly. Get myself in alignment with my praise. Because that is what God is calling for. Come on, stand on your feet today. A few things today. I don't. I know that this word was meant for somebody today. If, if you need you, if you know you need it to be reminded to get in position, just, just raise your hand. I need to know, yeah. See? I, I, and sometimes it's get in position to experience the next move of God in your life. I, I, I'm grateful for that directive from God. Get in position. And see the victory. And see the celebration. If today you are in the first part of this sermon where it's been hard to see victory. Because you've just been in it. This word was for you today. I know how it feels when you wake up with it, you journey through the day with it, you go to sleep with it, you wake up with it, you journey through the day with it, you go to sleep with it. It is an endless cycle of pain. and The weight can be excruciating. But oh my God, every now and again, God will send the message, get in position. I'm about to make all things new. Get in position. Your new season is arriving. Get in position. Come on, let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank you today. Thank you, O oh God, that, that your words still have impact in our lives. Some of us, O oh God, who started this day with an unbearable weight, we don't know when the weight will be alleviated. But God, even right now, we've been reminded that maybe in the midst of this heaviness, it's time to get in position. Get in position to see you work. Get in position to feel your presence and your power. Get in position to see the victory that you have already wrought in and over our lives. So God, we stand in gratitude that you do not leave us alone and you won't leave us alone. You keep on reminding us that we can make it even though it feels difficult. We can thrive even when we feel like giving up. God, thank you because we are getting in position to give you the glory. 
to celebrate this victory because the battle is not ours. The battle belongs to you, oh God. Thank you for saving us from unnecessary fights. Thank you for saving us from pouring energy into empty spaces. Thank you, God, for reminding us that once we get in position to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, we love you, God. We honor you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. And we say amen, amen, and amen. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap and praise today. Yes. You know, I, I don't, we'll, we'll be gone in, in a few minutes. I don't care who you are and how much you've been in this journey of faith. We all need encouragement. We all need to be reminded that these things we go through don't last forever. We all need it. I don't care how long you've been in church, how long you've been a believer. There are times, again, as I said earlier, there are times we just find ourselves feeding our fear and starving our faith. And we just need to be reminded in a very simple and direct way. Flip that. Feed your faith. I, I want my fear to die of starvation. Every now and again, you got to be reminded of that. Amen. Amen. Come on, FCBC. It is giving time. <clears throat> And for those of you who are viewing online, uh, you'll see on the screen our QR code will come on the screen. I, I told the folk, and also the ways to give to make sure that stays on the screen a little longer so you can capture everything. Here at FCBC in-house, you know there are multiple ways to give. You can give online, on your phone, on the app. You can also take a picture of the QR code when it goes on the screen. Some of you may go out into the lobby afterward and at the generosity stations or the kiosk upstairs and may give at that moment. And if some of you just need envelopes, you still need to put something in this basket. So if you need an envelope, make sure you raise your hand. So, and ushers, here's what you got to do. You got to look both ways. I be watching the ushers sometimes. People be raising their hand. Ushers looking one way. So we got to get the head on swivel. So if you need an envelope, just, just raise your hand. And then after service, you can come and put your envelope in this basket for the trustees. And then after offering uh, a few moments, we'll have our live in five. You can see our announcements for the week and you can go from there. But, but there's that QR code. Maybe it would make it a little bit bigger on the screen so that folk can see it. I don't know if somebody can get a picture of that from way. I got another graphic, that's tiny. I used to have a big one. I gotta put that up there. People not zoom in on their phone, talking about something. There, oh, there you go, look at that. Look at God. <laughs> amen amen listen you can stay seated if you got that app that QR, whatever you just lift it high if you got an envelope lift it high right now let's go to god and then we're going to give you a few moments to to give if you're doing it digitally let's go to god god thank you for this moment this moment of generosity we thank you god because the truth is we are only able to do what we do in this place because of the generosity of your people oh god Thank you, God, that we are still doing the kind of work that people believe is worth investing in, worth pouring into. 
Thank you, O oh God, that we continue to honor the call, the ever-evolving call that you've placed over FCBC. And we're getting ready for this new season of shifting and repositioning for the next victorious season. So God, again, thank you for these gifts. Thank you for those who go above and beyond and even tithe off of that 10%. God, thank you. Thank you for all who sacrifice on behalf of this place. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.